Welcome to Adventure Freaks, a podcast on living abroad on a budget. All right. Today I'm with my new amiga, Renata Valentina Montemayor. Is that correct? That's correct. Did I yes. do a pretty good job? Yeah, great job. <laughs> All right. And thanks. Thanks for joining the podcast, Renata. I appreciate it. Renata lives in this really extraordinary town um, called San Miguel de Allende in Mexico. And it's become this really popular hotspot in Mexico that a lot of expats have caught on to. And she's going to share in more detail um, what, what that's about. Um, she's originally from Laredo, Texas. She's lived in Austin, Texas. And what is the other town in Texas you, you lived in? San Antonio. In San Antonio. Okay. And she is the owner of Texican Gypsy. And Texican Gypsy can be found on Instagram. It's T-E-X-I-C-A-N. And then Gypsy, she's the owner. And she um, works in uh, rehabbing furniture. Is that correct? That's correct. Rehab, yeah. uh, refurbish, upcycle, restore. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So Renata, I go, okay. So the first, let's, let's look at a, a map so we can help people understand where this, Great. this is. Let me um, share the map here. So I think that's cool. You're doing that. I love it. Yeah. So here we are. So this, I mean, when I saw the pictures, of San Miguel, I was like blown away. I mean, this place is just gorgeous. It is. So it, really it, looks, is. it looks like it says it's about 150 miles north of Mexico City. So I'm going to zoom in here. Mm -hmm. And here it is. And it looks like there's some kind of a lake or something close by. Yeah, you can actually see it from my home. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Now, is that a mountainous region there? It's a very mountainous. Yeah. Okay. okay. Hilly, all right mountainous region mm -hmm. yeah and the, the the picture here is just absolutely stunning so let's start by telling us you know a little bit about your story and how how you found san miguel so i you know being originally from laredo texas san miguel uh, is a place where many actual um, mexican nationals or border people or hispanic people were familiar with Mexico, uh, enjoy visiting. Um, it usually we, I would travel in my twenties and, uh, I'd take a bus from Laredo and, uh, it was a 10 hour bus ride from Laredo and, you know, a bunch of friends would all go together. We'd stop in Leon, Guanajuato for a little bit. That's a great place where you can find amazing weather. Then Querétaro is another beautiful, uh, it's, a neighboring state and city. Um, from there, you go to San Miguel de Allende, and then you go to Guanajuato, this is the, the capital city. And that, uh, it's also very famous for its beautiful buildings and so on and so forth. So it was something that I did in my youth, and it was fun, the, the nightlife, the, the music, the food, it was affordable. I was a school teacher at the time, so I would do it, you know, maybe during spring break or summer, New Year's, and um, it just was the easiest way to have a, a, a great time and just kind of feel feel at home. Yeah, so yeah. that was 
the first time I, you know, I discovered it by myself, well, you know, with friends in my 20s. Um, and I continued to come. And for a while, it was very uh, safe to travel mm -hmm. um, on the roads. So you'd have to fly over um, and, and get into Mexico City, whatever. And I continued to visit. Uh, I brought my daughters here a few years ago. They loved it. And they understood the, you know, attraction I always had to it. So much so that my oldest daughter decided to get married here in June. Oh, wow. So, yeah. 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 That's congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, so so you discovered San Miguel in quite some time ago. You yes. used to take a bus years ago from from Laredo to San Miguel. It's a ten hour bus ride, so that had to be a blast with your friends. It was. It was. We were able to like take a backpack with beers and just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that. So then you guys, so San Miguel, though, back then, I mean, now, now I hear everybody talking about this sensational place, and I can see why it's just, it's stunningly beautiful. But back then, were there any expats there? It was always sensational. Yeah, there were expats, there were plenty of them. Huh? The something I, I there, I, I cannot and I wish I, I'll do a little bit of homework and get it back to you. But there was a slow movement. Uh, there had that had to have been the time when people started to go, you know, 15, 20 years ago, um, or to come over. And as they would come over, you know, the neighbors would find out, the cousins, the friends, like, wait, why did you leave Chicago or why did you leave Minnesota or how did you find this place out? Um, Condonas today makes it one of the most beautiful places to to be or to reside in. Yeah. Um, Back then, I'm not really sure how, how word got around, but people knew, you know, people knew about it. And it was most cost efficient 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. So many people ended up selling their home, which they no longer had a mortgage on. Their kids were already out of college, sold their home, grabbed their cash, came over here, maybe bought a house for a couple hundred thousand um, and live on their, on their pension. Yeah. Uh, and other people have caught on. A lot has changed, though. So from 20 years ago, there were expats. Now it's mostly all expats. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when when uh, are where are people actually coming from? Are there any in from Europe? Are there people in? There are. are, they, there are. Okay. Is it a there very? Are. Yeah. Does it have an international vibe or is it primarily most of the people that you meet, are they from the U.S.? Thus far, it's the U.S. The U.S.? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and a lot of Canadians. Okay. Canadians, people from the U.S., uh, you will find a sprinkle of Europeans mm -hmm. um, that like it here and, and yeah. will, will come in. And, and But it's not, it doesn't doesn't feel like a metropolis. It doesn't feel like it. It just feels like a, a really beautiful city yeah. with a lot of Americans in it. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, what is that? What makes it special? Why are people, why are people flocking to this place? What makes it special? Does it have that? I mean, I remember years ago when, you know, they started ranking cities in the United States. And I remember like seeing Austin 
always as the number one place to move to in the US. The, this is like 20, 25 years ago. Then the second year, it was the number one place to move, the number one city. Then all of a sudden, everybody started moving to Austin and it exploded. And Austin. <laughs> you know, yeah. And it's and it became this place where everything was super, super expensive now. And but is that what happened with, with San Miguel? What makes it special? What what is it about it? I will tell you what makes it special when I realized the very first bus trip that I took, um, I remember pulling in and get this. I had already heard of San Miguel through friends, friends in Laredo, their family had homes in San Miguel already. Maybe, you know, their family was from Guanajuato. So, you know, it was, I'd heard of it. I'd never traveled there. Mm -hmm. uh, I happened to have a couple of friends who were in medical school and they were from, he was from Peoria, Illinois. And he had heard of it. And I was like, mm. hmm. and he said, let's go, let's do this bus trip. And I said, sure, they said, well, will you translate for us? Absolutely. But he had heard of it. I had heard of it as well, but I thought that was odd that he was from Peoria and he knew about it and he really wanted to come. So I remember when the bus landed back then it would drop you off like at the corner inside town. I don't know where it leaves you anymore, but, mm -hmm. um, you open your eyes, you grab your bag, and you just look up, and it's magical. It's just hmm. magic. Hmm. And I've been very, very lucky and blessed and fortunate to have traveled a lot extensively throughout the world. But there is uh, something about the energy when you just you just stand in here. Um, this is a colonial city, therefore, what that means is when Mexico was colonized, uh, the, the Spanish influence is very prevalent. Mm -hmm. Cobblestone streets, um, the style of architecture is very European. Yeah. It feels like you're in Europe, but it's Mexico. So can you imagine blending these two beautiful, um, you know, Spain and Mexico and just blending um, the energy, the styles? It's not like uh Mexico City or it's not like it it's just there's music uh the cathedral is has this powerful energy or the parroquias you know it's whether you're catholic or not it's majestic mm -hmm. um the the town square is amazing it's full of children and older people and young people and lovers and you know um mariachi's playing and it goes on every night uh, uh the vibe is so uh it's amazing the colors mm. um and just the sounds and the smells you 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 can't forget them you, yeah. you just forget them and you want to be there and it's like anything else that's wonderful you don't want it to end and it doesn't yeah wow you yeah. To it and you go to bed to it yeah Wow. Yeah. I, I'm telling you right now, just the way you described that, I, I want to be there right now. Well, you're welcome to come. <laughs> I've got an Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely got to, I definitely got to visit this place. It's just oh, you how to. you just described it is everything that I love. And I, and I know what you're talking about just when you travel a lot and you step into these, these destinations that they have this beautiful architecture in every direction you look in the landscape is just awe inspiring. There's just right. something about it. You're right. It is an energy. Um, 
the uh, that uh, you experience and it's just like wow these places are so memorable when you have those experiences and then there are some people that are fortunate like you to go I'm gonna I'm gonna decide to live here yeah and call it home and that's it's really awesome now yeah. has the has it affected or impacted like the 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 um the excitement around this this city has it impacted the the, the Mexican heritage there does it feel like there's still a strong Mexican heritage in San Miguel? Absolutely, because I do vividly remember, and I still, now that I'm here, residing here, there, the, the expats that have been here the longest um, do an amazing job of preserving the culture, the music, of making sure that Walmarts are not allowed here, that the Home Depot stays in Querétaro, that uh, the airport, just, you, it's difficult to get in here. That's part of the enchantment. Like, you gotta be a trekker, or you gotta really be an adventurer. Yeah. Get here, um, and, and it's worth it once you arrive. Um, no, I, I, there are many expats, like I said, who, who fight tooth and nail to keep the integrity of um, the Mexican the Mexican culture. There is a Starbucks here mm. in the city center. Uh, uh -oh. I don't know how I got here. <laughs> I don't know where I got here. And I don't, I mean, there's such amazing coffee, like the coffee in every corner that are, that's locally owned. Yeah. I, I just don't know how Starbucks snuck in, but they're here. Wow. Um, nothing against Starbucks. It's just that I think that um, there's plenty enough, there's enough local coffee shops that are Mexican owned that yeah. uh, you know, could use the uh, sale, if you will, or the, yeah. so, um, but for the most part, that's the only difference I've seen. I did have a mini heart attack when I saw it a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but no, nothing, nothing, you know, anymore on social media, you can hear how, these expats, the newer ones, try to change things. Um, and it's it's part of the American culture. Yeah. That where they, they feel that something should be done or not done. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's, something, uh, there's something very beautiful and confusing about being a border town individual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get the best of both worlds. And... Um, you're American and super proud when you need to be, but you're also very Mexican when, mm. when you need to be. Yeah. And so sometimes you see some things and you hear some things and it's easier to discern uh, when you've raised up, been raised in a, in, in a by cultural world. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it's hard. It's, it's difficult for, uh, I guess, to explain to some people who arrive here that, you can't come in here and try to alter um, the, the Mexican vibe because it doesn't suit you. Yeah. Um, has there been an attempt? Sure. Um, a perfect example, fireworks on December 12th. Mm -hmm. It was a huge deal here. And before anybody did their homework, they didn't understand what it was. What are all these fireworks? My dogs are scared. Oh my God, are these people crazy? They should make it illegal. It sounds like bombs. It sounds like a war. How dare these people? This is so archaic. But on December 12th is the um, Virgen de Guadalupe, which is 
the Mexican um, virgin that everybody um, heralds. Like it is, it is probably more important than Christmas here. Yeah, yeah. And New Year's. You know, you have processions uh, all over the world with the Virgin Mary, you know, and every country has their designated Virgin Mary yeah. and the Virgin de Guadalupe is the one. And, and on December 12th, it's, yeah, it's ridiculously loud with fireworks. And mm -hmm. so maybe some people, well, maybe it's, it's uh, it would be prudent for some people to learn a little bit about the history, the religion and the culture and the lifestyle, trying to impose a change create laws to um, adjust something that has existed for so long. It's, yeah. You know. And there's been attempts to do that by expats? Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Now, one, uh, I cannot confirm this, but on December 12th, this past one, a, uh, a really large shoe, local shoe manufacturer did burn down on that evening. Hmm. No, nobody, uh, it has not been said whether it was a fireworks that caused it or it could have been something else yeah. that has been brought up, but you will hear a lot of expats saying, you see what happened, you know, the fireworks burnt this place down and, you know, now there are, are all these employees who are displaced or they don't have anywhere to work. And, mm -hmm. yeah, so, so terrible things can happen, but yeah, uh, you know, yeah, you, you uh, like I said, it's, uh, it's a difficult thing to, um, try to explain something. Yeah, I, you know, I've had several conversations on the podcast about kind of what you're talking about. And I, I, I really, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, with people that are emigrating to other countries and saying, I'm going to call this country my home. I just think it's so important to take an interest in that country and the heritage and learn about it and learn the culture and learn the language. Um, and there are some people that obviously don't have really much of an interest to do that. And it's like, I don't understand what, why, 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 why are they going to these countries? And, it, you know, obviously the, the, the one reason is to, to, to stretch out their income, right? Stretch out their income and live larger. But to me, I almost feel like it's just sad. It just it's harmful to the the, the country um, and the heritage when people go there and and have no interest in the country in the, in their culture or any of that. And uh, I'm glad that there's enough people in San Miguel that are aware of that and are are doing everything that they can to to sustain the the, the culture and heritage of that oh, yeah. city. I, I don't like that you said there is a Starbucks there. That's scary to me. And I could yeah, it bothered me. I was like, oh man, how did this get here? Yeah, no, that would like put that would put a you know, I'd feel something drop in my stomach if I got up one day and see, oh, they're they're what are they building there? What's that? It's right at the what? city center. I'm like, why could, but but you know, uh, Starbucks is all about real estate, really, mostly. So yeah. Um, yeah. Well, no, I I I I got that feeling and um I've made it a point to never step foot in there. So I'm not yeah. and I buy local coffee and um so yeah and there's plenty of delicious local coffee. But yes, I have met plenty of expats from the US and I have seen and read plenty of people who uh, you know on social media um kind of uh feel like it's oh, oh it's 
it's okay not to learn the language because everybody else speaks English. Or, yeah. You know, and that I'm not saying everybody. There are some amazing people who have come in here and they've immersed and their Spanish is amazing. And I mean, there are some super cool groups. There's this one gentleman, Waylon. He, what he does is he collects um, funds from people, from, from the locals, and he helps traveling Mexican artists um, to come and paint murals in certain parts of the, the town um, and pay them you know, make a collection to pay them, feed them, pay for their paint and so on and so forth um, in order to uh, kind of, I don't know, encourage. Uh, it's a little bit American, that the concept is a little bit like a, an Americanized concept. Yeah. Um, murals on walls isn't a big, huge thing in San Miguel de Allende. That wasn't a thing before. Mm -hmm. You see it in Austin, you see it in San Antonio, you see it in New York, and you see, yeah. but it is a very, um, that's not to say that, you know, people don't appreciate it or don't like it. There, there is an area that cannot be touched. And mm -hmm. the, the historical area is one that the city, the country, everybody will just say, not here. Like, so it's really neat. I've, I've also met a lot of individuals that are expats that help take care of, of animals. Mm -hmm. that, that are on the street that need spaying, neutering, um, taking care of that are hurt. Uh, so you see a lot of altruism yeah. uh, from expats and it's beautiful. Uh, with that uh, being said, you, you also see a lot of people who come here and the locals notice it. They say, well, look, they come here, they you know play bridge in their own homes, their homes are already paid for. Um, they cook and eat in their own homes. They make their own coffee at home. There are no dollars being circulated by them. Mm -hmm. um, they will make it a point to spend $20 on meals and uh, like for an entire week. And mm -hmm. that's actually possible. You oh, can wow. actually, yeah, I mean, street food and things like that. But yeah, so I mean, are they bring, are they, pouring whether it be money good goodwill or whatever to the community oh, probably not and there are a lot of people like that as well yeah it's kind of sprinkled a little bit of this a little bit of that it's, yeah, it's yeah. not everyone but it's it's visible yeah now it like in the in the main central area of uh san miguel has it pushed a lot of the the um people that Origin were originally there out and it has yeah. expats pretty much bought it all up for sure okay okay yeah um turned them into restaurants bars uh pretty much yeah no, for sure i mean if yeah. you take a look around you realize that um uh, you know there were residences and that's but that's just, I guess, how, how it works. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, pretty much everywhere. That's kind of how it works. Yeah. Let, so let me get to that the, the the question about San Miguel. Like it, it's this is Mexico, and you're right. I mean, when you look at where it's located, it looks like you, it's quite a trek to get there. You it know, is. it's it's off the beaten path. So, um, does that still make San Miguel affordable? I mean, is it affordable to live there? 
affordable is relative. So it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For example, um, in in Austin, to rent a two bedroom, one bath home around the city center or around like of Congress, if you will, or whatever, I was paying two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Okay. Uh, if you and that's that's on the lower end. Um, yeah. But but on average for a home, you can spend minimum of twenty five hundred dollars in a in a nice area. If you're if you're trying to stay like in like I said in in the in the city, in San Miguel de Allende, you can find a home for rent um, from five hundred dollars all the way up to four thousand dollars. It depends on where you want to be. Um, they do ask for either the first and last month as a deposit. Um, it can, it can be affordable. It, mm-hmm. it definitely can. Um, this home that I'm in is a four bedroom, four bath. And I have the permission from the owner to um, sublet as an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. So I don't need all the four rooms. So I'll sub sublease or I'll, I'll Airbnb, you know, one bedroom, two bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is, um, but the rates are very low here. So you can come here and stay at an Airbnb for fairly mm-hmm. cheap, you know, for, for a reasonable price, depending on the time of the year. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it, it can, it can be affordable. If you are um, a digital nomad, per se, yeah. I'm not, right? If you're a digital nomad and you're from California, you're from Portland or Austin or and the pandemic hit and you're like, you know, I'm gonna go find some cool place to live. You, let's say you make seven to $8,000 a month. Mm-hmm. You could live in a beautiful home for $1,000 to $1,500. You can have a garden, you can have a gardener, you can have a housekeeper, um, you can have a cook. <laughs> Usually the housekeeper can cook for you. The grocery is is reasonable. I mean, grocery shop, but you can go to the fresh market and it's, it's so delicious. It's so, um, I just, it almost feels like a sin um, how, how relative, how, how, uh, affordable it is i guess i don't want to say cheap it's affordable mm, yeah um and so it's good because it you know at least we know the prices haven't been raised and everybody can afford them and um so in regards to buying groceries this home in particular does not have central air or heat mm. uh, we'll see in the summer i don't i don't believe i need it um but in the winter you just use a space heater and it works mm. just fine um, you don't need a home with, with, with central air in, in heat. And so what that does to your energy bill is it drops it exponentially. Sure. Power bill is like $40 a month. Oh, wow. Okay. Your water bill is like $14, $16 a month. I mean, unless you're, you have a pool or you got a bunch of kids you're bathing or whatever. Otherwise it's not, it's not crazy. Yeah. Internet, I could not believe this. I have fiber optic internet for like $30 a month with yeah. cable. Wow. Cable and a phone line and it's that's total play. Now, 
With that though, you have to be careful, you have to be sure that where you decide to rent or purchase, the fiber optic lines are actually there. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So all those amended, all those things that we need, internet being mm -hmm. one, uh, you know, safety, food, that's all affordable. Mm -hmm. The housing is, is, it's all very, very affordable. Yeah, it sounds like it's still yeah very affordable for for most people coming from U.S. Canada for sure. Right. Especially if you can get anything from if you can go from five hundred to fifteen hundred and well thousand to fifteen hundred and find a really nice house, that's yeah. real. That's still very cheap. And yeah. uh, and it sounds like with utilities, water, um, you're gonna you're gonna be below. Um, if let's say you're on the high end, you you rent you're renting for fifteen hundred it'd still be below two grand a month. Well, um, I mean, and, and, and exactly, you're under two grand. You know, like I said, a digital nomad or somebody that um, can run a corporation business out of wherever um, will definitely benefit, yeah. definitely benefit. Um, and so, yes, it's affordable. Um, in, in, in that aspect, uh, the restaurant, the dining is also very affordable. You can yeah. have a delicious, amazing meal. Yeah. For, what is, what is entertainment? Like if you, if you dine out per month, you know, if you go eat a, out a couple nights a week, what, what do you think you spend on that per month? Okay. For example, today I, I, we went, well, last now, last time we went out, we had dinner, at a really great restaurant uh, for two, I think it was a total. Well, we had one was like a burger. I had steak, um, two, three beers. It was maybe like forty-seven dollars. Okay. Like mm -hmm. And then, um, then we went out to listen to music, and we got a few tequilas, and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a few, and beers. <laughs> And that was, well, we, we, it's in the Hispanic culture, in the Hispanic culture, it is a tradition for one person to pick up the tab. Mm. Okay. This mm -hmm. is for that Gringos to like really get, I know it may sound weird, but we have a problem with like the shame. There's a lot of shame to making a waiter wait for you to divide every single mm. parties. And so growing up, the head of the household would just take, take the tab, pay for it. If there mm -hmm. were two or three different families, the next time, the next family does it and so on. I That's see. how it is done. Yeah. So um, it makes it easier for the uh, waiter, the establishment. And I don't know, there's just something, again, it's cultural. It, it, something weird about sitting there splitting up bills and yeah yeah um, yeah just cover it and then and then we'll get you next time or or, or sure you get me next time so last night's um tequilas and beers for one for four people was like 70 dollars mm -hmm. okay that's like 15 dollars a person yeah yeah and it sounds like you guys had a really good time oh <laughs> It was a blast. There was salsa music playing. Oh, nice. 
a friend of ours, a local artist who is absolutely amazing, um, kind of showed us, you know, where one of his murals was at and it was, it was really kind of neat. And um, yeah, so we did a lot of strolling. The weather is fantabulous. That's another thing. Yeah. During, during the day, it's like 70s to 80. Okay, even right now? Yeah, right now it's warm. Okay. And then in the evenings, like about 6.30, it's 5.30 here. So in, at 6.30, it'll drop to 60 degrees. And then oh, wow. by, by 8.30, it's 40, 47 degrees. Wow. That's it's like kind of cool though, because yeah, you just, all you do is layer, like oh, this whole shawl, shawl concept is, uh, it's, you know, like just wear a t-shirt and if you're a, a man just throw a sweater around your waist and wear that during in the mornings because in the mornings it's chilly as well yeah and then in the evenings you just throw it on another cool thing about these really great rooftop restaurants is you sit up and also don't even go to a restaurant here if there's no rooftop but i don't even think that's a thing yeah every single um restaurant has a rooftop and it's just magnificent yeah wow and the magic you sit up there and it's amazing and yeah. and they're all well equipped with heaters and stuff and, and you just want to sit there and look at it and um but many restaurants do this really cool thing where they get these blankets and they have um their logo embroidered on it so um if you're still chilly they'll come and bring one out for your legs or your shoulders or you know that kind of stuff mm -hmm. in case you're not prepared yeah, yeah. Um, you don't know the shawl trick that you wear the shawl around your waist during the day and then throw it over your shoulders mm -hmm. nice very nice i love how you're described so it sounds sounds like it's just a uh, also the weather is very attractive it's like perfect during the day and then it drops down to where it makes it really so cozy perfect sleep weather you know right it is it's and like, if you have like charlie riley here there it's great yeah yeah is it humid yeah. does it get humid there or no yeah. okay so it's more of a drier heat yeah yeah i don't yeah and that people are leaving puerto vallarta if i'm not mistaken to come here because of the humidity uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it makes a lot of sense. So as far now that lake that's close by, can you do people go swimming in the lake? No, no. no? I, I, I wish I could tell you what that lake is for, but it's, it's, uh, you can't really do much in it now. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. is it dirty or? No, I'm not sure what the deal is with it. And I, I see it every, you just can't, um, I'm people, sorry. People just don't swim in it. No, no, it's not like a place where you take your jet skis or anything like that. Or, okay. I don't, I don't know what they source it for or what, mm. but it's just not a, um, not that I, you just don't go in there. Yeah, sure. So not like there's like dead bodies or anything like I don't think it's yeah. contaminated or anything like that. I just think that it's um, not designed for uh, use. Okay. So for for the for the viewers that are watching, they're going okay. So I I'd really like to consider I'm I'm going to consider San Miguel de Allende 
possibly living there, moving there, what is their requirement? What do they need to show? Uh, and the visa required, do you know? Do you know what they are? This is like the million dollar question that, that I'm glad you touched on. Here's the deal. Many expats got here. Um, maybe it was pre-pandemic or whatever, or during the pandemic. And the aduanales or the immigration uh, officers just automatically, whether you flew in or drove in or rode a bus in or however, would just give you 180 days. They yeah. stamp it and give you 180 days. Yeah. Um, and here's what's happening. It's become a point of contention for these expats or these wannabe, wanna come and be, become expats. Many people are very upset because, you know, they got their 180 maybe two months ago, but they tried to come back and the officer only gave them nine days, but they have an Airbnb for six months, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And here's the deal. It's Mexico. These are their laws and these are their rules. Mm -hmm. And so it's presumptuous of us to assume that what worked six months ago is going to continue to work. Yeah. What Mexico has caught on to, and I say it in the kindest way possible, they've got they've caught on to the expats that are really not the desirable person that they want here. Mm -hmm. Not that they're undesirables in the sense that they're bad people. It's that if you're going to come here now, the requirement is that you have a hundred one hundred and forty thousand dollars in savings. Okay. Okay. If, you're, if you want to, if you want to live there, if you want to live there, you got to show wanna, that. Okay. Yeah. Um, 140 in savings, if I'm not mistaken. And then you want to also, you have to have an income and it just changed. I think the income was 26 to $2,800 a month, okay. but now they've increased it. So the 140 was an increase and the actual 3000 something a month is an increase. Okay. So got all these Americans and Canadians going, why? Why? Like, we used to be able to do this. We used to be able to do that. We could come whenever we wanted. We had six months. What's the deal? And you'll have a lot of local immigration attorneys saying, you know why? Because Mexico has caught on to the fact that you guys come here, you buy one home, but you don't spread the wealth. The ideal person coming here is actually the tourist who comes, stays in a hotel, eats at our nice restaurants, um, engages in, you know, all the activities and pays for excursions and leaves. Yeah. They came, dropped the chunk of money, just like anywhere else in the world. And then you go. And, you know, residency, immigration rules, are every country has them. Yeah. The irony is that the U.S. are so stringent that the, uh, you know, U.S. citizen I would have the audacity to get upset because Mexico actually decides to also tighten up their, you know, belt and say, hey, you know what? Um, you guys are kind of like not really helping, you know, sure. um, you're not really doing. It. So now we need to see that you're you're worth something. Yeah. Now, oh. It changes though, if you purchase a home, if you purchase a home, there is a different amount of uh, 
I don't think you need the savings anymore. I think you just need to show an, an income. And that's where, uh, you know, pensions and things like that come in. Yeah. And it works. I'm lucky I have dual citizenship. So mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have to. So you don't have the same anxieties as all these other expats trying to. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I really don't. And, and, um, and I can see both sides. I can understand, but. Um, well, do you but feel, do you feel that the, the, the uh, government in Mexico is like when you say catching on, are they starting to, to say, you know, there are a lot of people that come here and all the, all they want to do is take and they're, and they really don't have any interest in this country and they're catching on to that like i can't speak for the government itself like yeah i cannot say well yeah that's what they said you know that the, you know the president sure. no but i can make a a, a deduction a, an assumption yeah maybe wrong by just looking at how the laws have changed mm-hmm now, do they believe that every expat functions in this way? Absolutely not. No, because like I said, they come, they set up some set up restaurants, um, hire locals. They they do they do uh, actually do amazing things. You know. Yeah. Uh, I am setting up the Texican Gypsy in Mexico in San Miguel de Allende. I also have a second space downtown that we're setting up where I have hired a local to help. Mm -hmm. um, I will source a lot of my material locally. I'm not bringing it from the US, yeah. you know? I am providing um, an actual product that, um, you know, is made in Mexico and is sold here at a reasonable price. Um, by myself, as well as, as other locals, I, I don't, I like to believe that I don't, um, I'm not here to just take, right? Of course, yeah. I love the, the rent price. I love, I, you know, I love the cost of living and all of that, but I try to be conscientious about, you know, what I give and things like that. And so it's not to say that everybody does, but it is becoming a trend. Yeah. And the buzz here is, you know, I've, I've met a lot of people recently who they literally come with nothing. Settle. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. A backpack. And, and maybe they have a few thousand dollars in the bank. And I don't know who told them that they could come here and, and, and get this palatial home for $250. You could find a spot for $250. It's not going to be the nicest place. It's going to be a little small. Yeah. You won't be able to bring your dog and cat. Um, you know, that that doesn't exist. So a lot of people are not doing their homework before they come. Yeah. It is like due diligence that every individual should have before they go anywhere in the world, you know? Sure, sure. And so just because you heard that your neighbor uh, got this kind of incentive or break or whatever, or that the income amount was just, the rules change all the time. Yeah. It's like yeah. they change in the U.S. Yeah. And so you must do your due diligence. You must call pick up the phone call a realtor that works rentals you know and don't use facebook as your like bible for yeah. how to navigate. <laughs> sure because, because what works for one individual 
doesn't work for another one. And I will tell you this, this is what most people don't like. See in the aduana, the immigration uh, officer has full authority to decide how many days he wants to give you. Mm. There's no playbook, there's no rule, there's no like, you know, so people are coming in with one-way flights. Mm -hmm. They ask, well, where are you staying? Okay, well, where's your other way flight? No, okay, seven days, boom. Because they know these guys are going to come, hang out at the beach, try to sell seashells by the seashore, you know, uh, be vagabonds. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they are, um, it's visible. They see it in, in different actions. Like I said, one-way tickets with the assumption that they can stay here however long they want. People mm-hmm. staying longer than their tourist visas allow. Um, yeah. Well, I yeah. think, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, you said that there are people that come down, they look for that 250 a month rent in places like, you know, like San Miguel, that's just really caught on and it's just gorgeous and beautiful. And a lot of people have discovered it. I think that's very hard to find it in places like that, but I, but I still think it's, it's, it's around Mexico, but you, you're going to have to go to places that maybe aren't so, well-known yeah or bougie yeah exactly you know you're not going to be living you're not going to be living in a place like San Miguel where you you know I'm guessing that most people from what I gather walk around that town or they jump in a taxi you don't really need to have a vehicle is that correct I have a vehicle because I I transport a lot of um I came in an SUV and um I do transport like furniture pieces, paint things back and forth from the studio to the house and stuff like that. I'm also on a super high hill and I want to live. <laughs> so sometimes I just like to get around. Now, um, yes, it's you, it's ideal. You find a spot in a neighborhood around the downtown area. It's so easy to get around. Yeah. The taxis are $3. Somebody was complaining online earlier that why is a taxi, why did it go from 2 to $3? Because they want, because they can because yeah. Uber does it, because Lyft does it, yeah. because, because, because I have to eat also. And yep. how dare you complain about a dollar increase when we know <laughs> what we spend for Uber we're back home. So come right. On, yeah, know? exactly. And so those are the things that are, that are, that surface though. These people, and, and the, the issue at hand is many expats are very, very verbal about something so minute, like $1. Yeah. When he could just walk to a place, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and like I said, with the good, there, there is bad. There are some amazing people who, who have arrived and have done, you know, like just wonders. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, a, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Go, um, yeah. I was just going to say that. Um, well, actually, I thought what I, I forgot what I was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say but uh, i think the biggest takeaway i don't want to sound you know like an angry you know no you don't at all or a person you know no, saying, i think it's very insightful I, I think uh, the, but i i think that the key thing is is don't like do your due to your due diligence respect the laws respect the culture learn yes. the culture Try to learn a few words. Nobody's telling you you have to, you know, learn everything. 
walk around with an app that translates for you, please. You know, if, if, anyway, most people speak English. Uh, tip well, okay? The same 20% we tip in the US, just because they told you 10 is normal here, give the 20, you know? If yeah. you can do it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you're already used to doing it, what is 20% of, you know, 10, $10? Yeah. Meal. Come on. Um, they notice this community is very small, very, very small. You're a bad tipper. You just go to listen to music and, you know, you drink water. Um, they notice. And yeah. so, what kind of expat do you want to be when you get here? Do you want to be the one that gives, that is engaging, that is engaged, whether it be in the art, the theater community? Someone just created a brand new theater. I just saw a, a play last week. It was amazing. It was wow. amazing. I was so proud. That's where you get real like, you know, proud. like I'm so glad. And I don't even know where um, the founder is from, but yeah it's an english-speaking theater and i thought that's cool mm -hmm. you know um and so which which expat do you want to be yeah it's kind I, of I am i'm t i think everything you're sharing is very insightful and and helpful because i completely agree with your take on it all and um i'm a like i call this podcast adventure freaks but i'm a culture freak that's what makes and I like to go travel to places and just immerse myself in the culture. I did it in Sicily. It was hard. Yeah. You know, it was but hard. I didn't know the words. I didn't have any words. I remember being very angry the first three weeks because I, I was like, you don't have one word in English, not one. Oh, <laughs> and I had to sit down and like talk to myself as he sound like a stupid American. This is yeah. why they hate us. I mean, they don't hate us a lot, but this is why we have a very bad reputation many times. Sure. Well, deal with it or leave. Yeah. And you I, just pull your pants up and you the next day, you just say, okay, I'm going to sit here all day and I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to bother you. Yeah. It's my words. Yep. And people love it. People are happy to help. But yeah. if you come here, you know, and, and uh, don't try or... I do notice many, many expats do try. I do. And it's really, yeah. really sweet. It's, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's neat. I think it's, it is cool, but yeah, the culture is, is huge. But it isn't there. There is an arrogance about people that go to a different country and they don't try at all. They go so, in and they and immediately they're speaking their language. Typically Americans will go in and they'll speak English to somebody who lives in Mexico expecting yeah. them to, to you know speak yeah. english and like, there's that expectation english there. Is not the like, international there, language. there is there is an arrogance to to uh people like that and and uh you and i agree on that <laughs> yeah absolutely and and you know um again the irony is being in the u.s being on a border um you see I, I, we could do a whole podcast on the history of the border and how Laredo used to be, yeah. you know, Mexico and so on and so forth. But let's say um, you're on a border, but let's see your first generation U.S. citizen, right? Um, you may not have English words. 
It may be very difficult for you. You're working, you're this, you're that. So it's hard, it's hard, right? Second generation will likely learn English because they're put in a school <laughs> where they learn English. Yep. They are bilingual because their parents at home only speak Spanish and their grandparents. And, and the accessibility to the uh, extended family um, by virtue of just a little river uh, going back and forth enables you know, fam individuals on borders to be bilingual, right? But so I, my, my argument is that every generation um, gets better in regards to, to the language, um, whether it be when you came from Ireland or Germany or Mexico or whatever. Anymore, living on a border, you hear and see a lot of people uh, say, well, you're in the U.S., speak English, right? Mm. Yeah. And yeah. we don't have a national language in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. We don't. No religion and no, no national language. Mm -hmm. And so we don't have to, but we should, right? With that being said, oh, these are the same type of people that come with their English to Mexico. Mm -hmm. and, and, and nobody tells them you're in Mexico, learn Spanish, you know? Everyone's yeah. struggling to try to learn the English so they can get the work or, or get the, the, the serve, you know, the funds for the service that they're offering, you know, it, it's, yeah. if I'm making any sense, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, sure. Yeah, well, I just, there's a, there's a, there's a warmth, there's a warmth in the, the Mexican culture too. I mean, the people are very friendly and kind. Yeah. I, I just, uh, to, we just went down um, and I, I went down to um, Cancun. We spent some time in Playa del Carmen one of my favorite and, places yeah. and um we shot over to Cozumel and I was with my 11 year old he's never he's never been overseas and he's never never been on a plane so it was an amazing experience but when we got back I asked him what is the what is the thing that you remember the most about the trip and this is the first thing he said he goes how kind everybody was there Aww. in, Mex in Mexico I'm so glad to hear that yeah. and he said that's the first thing he said and I said I am really I'm happy that you were aware of that, that because he, because he, he already, as soon as we returned to the U S and got off the plane, he felt the difference. He could see the difference in the way people are. Um, and I'm like going, wow, what a, what an, a wonderful observation that he had for that, an 11 year old yeah, for an 11 year old to say that. Yeah. So it's, it's very true. It's, um, it's very, very true. Yeah, I, I think that we just, I mean, I remember um, being in college and wanting my friends, you know, that I'd met from other parts of the U.S. to come to Laredo and come hang out with us and stay the night and have dinner with us. And many times they'd be like, that That was really so comfortable. Your family made me feel like it was, like I was part of your family. And and it is, it's, it, it is a very warm culture and warm community. We we want everybody to experience all the beautiful things, the food. Um, we want to teach you words. We want to um, make you try all the food uh, for a sit down your throat. We want you to listen yeah. to this great song yep. we, uh, and, and enjoy it as much as we do. We really do. And, and so we want you to have an amazing experience. And it, mm -hmm. it, it's just innate. Yeah. It's not for any other reason. 
just yeah. it just is. Yeah. Yeah. There's just this um there's this warmth and this this humility, but there's also this willingness to just help. And there's not and there's nobody trying to be like a smart aleck, like a lot of Americans. No, 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 sarcasm you know, like, is not a thing here. Yeah, it's not a thing. It's just like you, you ask for help and people are genuinely there to, to try to do their best to help you. It's and that's what you 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 know that's what I know my son noticed and experienced and um yeah so that's very special hey I wanted to ask you we we went over the um the rental costs so how what if people wanted to go that route and purchase real estate in around San Miguel um mm-hmm. is what can you what can you purchase a house for nowadays around there or like even a flip do they sell like condos or flats yeah yeah they, they sell do. condos and there's a lot of developments going on i would say you can get one uh around 250 i think okay. 250 gives you a good safe um large on the par- parking is huge too you don't mm-hmm. want to be able to have parking it will likely not be in the city It'll be not 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 that it won't be in the city, but it'll be kind of in the outskirts. And once you are in San Miguel long enough, you'll realize that downtown loses its charm pretty quickly if you were not used to it. Okay. You know the yeah. fireworks, the parties, the weddings. This is a number one wedding destination now. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah it is. Like I said, my daughter will be married here in June, um, and. Uh, these weddings are marvelous. They're amazing. Um, They have like these beautiful processions. It's just, um, I think we want to start working on a little uh, documentary about these, something called a mojiganga. Mm -hmm. And a mojiganga is like a paper mache, um, like figurine, like, um, like this tall, and they make them to look like a bride and a groom. So there's a, a part of the wedding is this procession that, uh, uh, that occurs like a little march or a little walk or a little um, before, it depends on when you decide to do it. Uh, in, I think it happens after the church wedding, if you do the church wedding and to the reception, right? So it starts at a park and then there are mariachis, the bride and the groom, a whole bridal party, everyone that's going to the wedding, all mar- kind of like walking down the streets, music playing, and then you've got this huge paper mache like uh, bride and groom that are designed to look like like the bride and the groom, kind of mm-hmm. dancing around. Then there's this really cool donkey, I forget his name. The donkey is decorated, and on his saddle, there's like tequila, and everybody has uh, like a ribbon with a clay pot, like those little clay pots. And mm-hmm. they just kind of go around serving and you just shoot tequila. It's just this grand, fun, beautiful mm-hmm. party um, before you start the reception. And wow. so it's so cool that even if you're not in the wedding, you're like, oh, cool, here's another one. And every yeah. night you'll see one. Yeah, every yeah. Time. So yeah. yeah, it's just like you say, the, the energy of the place. Yeah, that's a yeah. big part oh, of it right yeah, right you just you just you feel know? it it's just it's constant and it's vibrant and it's always active and it, it is it's it really awesome to live in a place like that for sure yeah. another major thing to note and i and, and i didn't even touch on it was 
The expats that began to come here were artists. Artists realized, like from all over the world, that uh, like Mexican nationals would come here to buy um, art. Mm -hmm. And they realized, well, sculptors or so on and so began to come here and, and work here, whatever their craft is, whatever their trade is. So, mm -hmm. so many amazing art galleries, so many people doing all kinds of amazing stuff. This is a, 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 a cultural art, art. Like, yeah, I was art is huge here. Yeah, I was, I, um, I was reading about that, how I guess, um, some time ago, I, I'm not sure how long ago, but there was some kind of pandemic that it, that affected San Miguel. And um, I was, re I think I was reading this on Wikipedia. Okay. And was talking about how the, the town, um, there, there were people were leaving in droves and, 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 um, and the town was becoming abandoned. And then it, be and it became rediscovered by um, an artist and some monk yeah, that yeah. named the town after, but but artists really rediscovered the beauty of San Miguel and built it back up. And there were more. I just heard that moved. story. And it turned, yeah, and it, it turned. Was it, but, Sterling, but it was, Sterling Dickinson, I think, is the name of the gentleman. Yeah, I I forget the name, but they were saying that there was some kind of a you know I was just going wow that's kind of wild that I'm doing this interview and reading about wow this place had a pandemic, and the the town was almost like a ghost town, and then it yeah. Became, and it got rediscovered by these artists. And now there's art artists all over the place. And now you're saying exactly. that you started a theater company, which is, which, is, which is pretty awesome as well. Do you know what the name of that theater company is? I, by can, chance? I can tell you, you this Google right it. now because I just bought, uh, the tickets may still be in my um, wallet. Okay. And you're so you you're gonna go see this play? I already saw it. You saw and it. It was amazing. Okay. My okay. My brilliant divorce was the name of the show that we saw. My brilliant divorce. Okay. And uh, it was just one woman, and um, in she was amazing. She A was one just, woman show. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Divorce, San Miguel de Allende. It's called Casa Negra. Performing arts. Casa Negra? Negra? Casa Negra. Casa Negra. Performing arts. Performing arts. Okay. Also, I want to tell you about another cool thing I just discovered. So we just plugged Casa Negra Performing Arts. So you can let her know that she's... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. There is something that many people don't know about that I just discovered. I sourced... This this seat right here is a very famous, like made in, in Guanajuato. They're called equipales. It's pigskin mm. with like, like um, not really, it's like wood, but it, it's really a cool looking chair. The idea is that, you know, you paint on them, you upgrade them, you, you make them prettier and so on and so forth. So that's, that's my goal. I bought a couple of them. So I ended up buying them from a place that's like a seven minute drive from where I live. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, a, a woman from New Zealand bought this entire huge, huge, huge acreage. I don't know how big it is. There was a hotel in there, but now it is turned into, she made like a mini beach in there. 
-hmm. and it and then there's the opportunity to paddle board and then there are bikes um, that you could use on trails they have beautiful trails um, then there's a beer garden with local beers um, and they're building a hotel so it's a whole resort if mm -hmm. you will and you can go there uh, there are grutas which is uh, the it's you can go to that particular place for $15 a day mm -hmm. and use all of the things that you want to use chill and hang out at this you know the man-made beach or whatever um but that's something that people don't know like for the water people many times when i've told people i'm going to san miguel and they're like is that a beach or is there a beach because most people just want to go to the beach and i'm like no but we have hot springs and that's cool too uh there are a lot of great hot springs that you can go to and they have bars in them as well and they're really really neat looking um but the hot tub in that resort deep place is uh does is a hot spring mm. oh well um, yeah so it's really neat and i just discovered it a few days ago um, but it's growing um mm -hmm. so as long as they're building homes and 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 um these communities uh you'll, you'll you're gonna find more droves of people coming but like i said with with mexico maybe changing the laws a little bit or the requirements um i think what it does is just pretty much lets people know that you can't really come in you know with nothing and try to bargain your i don't know uh painting skills for you know a bed and mm -hmm. uh, it there it used to be that way it's not yeah but it's changing. Yeah, it is. It is. It, you can still find it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I could. I'd like to find an artist who needs a, a bed and would do a lot of work for me. That would be great. But yeah, um, just not. It's uh, you gotta have some money. You you can't come here expecting it to cost two hundred fifty bucks and you're gonna make it. Yeah. Are you considering purchasing there yourself? I don't know. Um, I, I think I mentioned to you about a purchase in Sicily, and yes. yeah. um, the I have this uh, without getting ex like extremely melodramatic or personal. I have had breast cancer in 2017, and that year was the year that my youngest was a senior in college, and my oldest had already graduated. So from 2017 to 2019, there was surgeries and chemo and a lot of recovering to do um that is when i altered my life and decided that i was going to live it however i wanted mm -hmm. with that being said i did have to sell my home in san antonio um but then i realized when i sold it i felt free and yeah. um free to go to sicily and um you know the investment in sicily wasn't severe um, and free to come to Mexico. And, you know, I can't go back to Sicily because of the pandemic. But then the freedom that not having a mortgage or not gives me is really nice. And I also think that, uh, you know, I, I think that I still sleep with one eye open and I don't know if it'll ever come back. And I don't yeah. know if I'm ready to make that kind of commitment. So I'd rather live like a Texican gypsy and just go around the world and, 
and kind of see who knows i might be here until i'm 100 years old and i will have rented everywhere in the world but then i would have had all those wonderful experiences yeah so personally no i don't i don't think i could lock myself down to, to purchasing here or maybe not not anywhere it's not a ironically i'm a realtor but i i I don't I already did it. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're free. You're liberated. I am. You I am. <laughs> and I love, that's very true. Yeah. Soon, as soon as you de- decide to go, Hey, I'm going to buy something here. Then you're, you're a lot of people lock themselves in. Yeah. The, the, I mean, you know, the, the stress and, and, you know, anxiety, I'm not getting any younger and, you know, I don't, I don't feel like, you know, I had a mortgage to raise my daughters and for them to live in a nice neighborhood in San Antonio and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. They're grown. They have their own mortgages. They or you know, they have their own. So I'm free. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I get to, um, I'm, I'm really enjoying this little wandering around concept, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. The, um, so we talked about, so you hit on 250 for a house. I would there- say 250 for a house. And that's, that's a really nice, secure, new-built house. Yeah, two for between two fifty and five hundred. Okay. Obviously, five hundred will get you something really amazing, and sure, um, you know, much more than five hundred would get you in mainstream. USA. Yeah how how much would that house sell for the one that you stay in? This if, one. Yeah, if they were to sell that. I think it would sell for about four hundred. For about four hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay. Four to five, possibly. It it needs um. There's one small area that's uh to get up here because it's up on a hill, that needs to be like developed. Maybe yeah. Not developed, but the road needs to be. That's all. I think once that is done, um, you can you can ask five hundred for it. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it looks like, um, from what I gather, I'm looking at about thousand to 1500, you could rent a nice house. Do, people, do they have just apartments that people can rent there, like in the downtown area in the nice area where you can, are there flats that you they're can like rent? Casitas. casitas. Okay. Or like they're you'll find like not apartment complexes. You'll find like a home that's maybe been broken down with a courtyard in the center. Gotcha. No. Yeah. And so it's kind of like that, or like a house that has another back house with maybe three or four different apartments. Um, uh, They're all, you know, all the walls are attached and people are like, well, I don't want my wall attached. Well, yeah, you're going to have to drop 500,000. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you want a backyard. Okay. And you, you have, you know, so many dogs or cats or, you know, you want to have chickens and all that. Then land is land is scarce here, so you're gonna mm-hmm. have to pay for it. Okay. Yeah. So we'll say like um a thousand, fifteen hundred. So it looks like people can pretty comfortably live anywhere from a a, a thousand to two thousand a month. I would yeah. I mean, really breaking it down. And if you wanna and if you really wanna live um more lavishly obviously you could probably do that 2500 3000 4000 a month right yeah. right okay is yeah, there- bring, come with 2 grand or 2500 and you're a king yeah okay okay yeah. now as far as um 
the food in and around um, San Miguel. How's how's the food, the authentic food, and and like, what is help help our viewers understand what authentic Mexican food is? Because <laughs> I, I you know people I, you know people in America they think that they're eating Mexican Mexican food all the time, but it's really like right. It's not really Mexican. No. But, yeah. So the beauty, just like in the U.S. in any country, right? The beauty of Mexican food is, or anywhere in the world is agriculturally you use what is available in your in your space right so if you go to a beach town you're in, you know veracruz you're gonna have some amazing ceviche in san miguel you'll find a lot of beautiful cuts of meat mm -hmm. um borrego is sheep meat also borrego consome consomme de borrego is like a, a soup type of uh, with 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 that's made out of a borrego. Uh -huh. um, you'll have a lot of goat meat. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I said cows. Uh, you have a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. Actually, our neighbors just came by and gave us some uh, melons and squash that grow from their vines next door. You know, and mm -hmm. I thought that was really sweet. So, mm, I don't know, from cauliflower to, it's very, very, very delicious, very rich. It's very healthy, actually. Not everything yeah. is like rice and beans here. Yeah. You know, it, it's, again, because what is available to this region are, like I said, a lot of meats, a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables. Um, it's healthy. Uh, it's delicious the the spices the flavors the you know yeah it's, uh god i wish i could like there was a way to relay a flavor <laughs> via a screen mm -hmm. because they're so rich i mean i had a cauliflower at a local restaurant and i thought whatever cauliflower i'm over it in the u.s it's like beaten to a pulp well, no, they grill it and then they put this like lime juice on it. And so it's kind of crunchy on the outside and really soft on the inside. And mm. um, big, big, big cauliflower that they like cut apart for you right in front of you. They squeeze the lime juice and they put this special like sauce. It's amazing. Like I said, last night I had a steak. It was so delicious. Um, that was on, a, on some mashed potatoes. The tacos, uh, you can find, you know, tacos here are like corn tacos. You don't use flour. Mm -hmm. Burritos are not a Mexican thing. So the whole burritos, chalupas, no, like, no. Uh, there's something called a huarache, which mm -hmm. is like a slice of like long bread, like a oval shaped bread where you put beans on it and then cheese. And then whatever meat and avocado, that's called a huarache. Mm -hmm. Maybe close to chalupa or whatever people call it. Um, so burritos aren't a thing. And, and uh, what, what's it? Enchilada. Mm, enchiladas are more northern, I believe. Okay. More more, I see a lot of mole here, different colors of mole. Um, that's not just brown, it's green, it's red, it's yellow. It's amazing. You can find it in like tubs. 
they, mm-hmm. they scoop it out, they put it in a bag and you use that pre-made mole for your chicken. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, colors and smells are fabulous. Um, you can get food as spicy or not as spicy, um, which is kind of neat. It's mm-hmm. controlled. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What else? Is there, are there a lot of street food options? All over. San Miguel? All over. Gorditas. The gorditas are like, like little sandwiches type of thing. They're very mm-hmm. greasy, very bad for you, but they're so good. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Those are, those are so delicious. So you'll find like, for example, you know, one woman right around the corner every, every morning we see her out there with her little, like, like igloo, like little thing. Oh, no, okay. Sorry. Uh, uh, like her little cooler and selling her gorditas for like, I don't know, five pesos, like that's $2. Yeah. Or less, no, I lied. It, but is it a dollar? It's, it's cheap. Yeah. Um, and barato. You know, people line up. demasiado <laughs> barato. Uh, people line up and, and um, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, people are afraid to try the street food because they, worry about the Moctezuma's revenge and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it, it could happen, but. Yeah, they worry about, what is it? It's called Moctezuma's revenge. Really? Diarrhea. Oh, okay, <laughs> so getting, yeah, sick on this, yeah. You get sick from like street food corn, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, it ha- the only time it ever happened to me was bad pork um, in Mexico. And that's because I ate it at somebody's house and they didn't prepare it well. It mm. wasn't a restaurant. It wasn't a street vendor. Yeah. I didn't realize that the pork had sat out all night. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mm. felt like I was going to die, but other than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you, you, should, you should take some precautions. Luckily, there's also a pharmacy in every corner where you can just kind of be vigilant. And, um, yeah. Um, the, like I said, the food isn't every corner tacos gorditas you name it it's amazing Mm -hmm. nice okay well and the only other thing that we didn't talk about and you just kind of mentioned pharmacy but health health care if you get sick i mean is it in san miguel is it is it accessible yes there is uh one it, it used to not exist but now there is one one hospital here but to get uh to see a specialist per se, you would have to go to Querétaro for something that's a little more intense. Querétaro is only a little over an hour away. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's not, it's, it's no different than Laredo is going to San Antonio for better healthcare, you know? Yeah, um, what's the name of that town again? Querétaro. How do you spell or, that? Q-U-E-R-E-T-A-R-O. Okay. Querétaro. That's the, the capital city Querétaro. and the state. Okay. Querétaro. All right. You got it. You said it right. Yeah. Querétaro. So you go there for a specialist, cancer, heart, um, anything like that, uh, burn specialist, you name it. You just, you, you go there. But here for any basic thing, checkups, dental, many people come to Mexico for dental. Yes. Because, so if you're coming as a cash payer, right, it's, extremely affordable yes what people don't understand is the 
in Mexico, you can find many, many, many uh, uh, prescription drugs here for such a reasonable price um, because it is not overrun by um, pharmaceuticals, you mm -hmm. know? Um, mm -hmm. And so the cost is, is very reasonable. Dental work is very reasonable. LASIK eye surgery, very reasonable. Um, Botox even is extremely reasonable. Mm -hmm. um, plastic surgery, reasonable. Chemotherapy, yeah. reasonable. Yeah. It's, it's all the, now, if you become a private citizen, then you have access to their um, medical, you, you know, you pay into the tax system, right? You're yeah. a private citizen, you're now paying taxes, you pay into the tax system. And no, it's not socialism like a Marxist way. It is, uh, you know, democratic socialism where you you do pay for it. It's not free. You're you like I said, um, and in turn, universities are covered as well as your healthcare. You walk in, you don't pay that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like yes. many European countries, it's the same. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it, yeah. I mean. It's it's tough in the U.S. I mean, the, the insurance is out of control Ridiculous. in the U.S. Did you now when you went through your your cancer challenge? I mean, did did, did you go to the hospitals in the U.S. or yes. or in Mexico? You did. Did in you have US. pretty good? You had pretty good insurance. I did. I did. Okay, good. I did. I was in uh, San Antonio, and I got great treatment actually at the University Hospital. Oh, the awesome. And um, the re the reconstructive surgery was done at a private hospital at a, by a private group, and they're amazing. People from all over the world go there. Um, you know, it was either there or I would go to Houston, but there wasn't any. The yeah. the healthcare was just as good in San Antonio. So. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, Renata, that, Renata, we pretty much covered everything. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience? Um, about San Miguel de Allende that we didn't cover. I mean, we covered pretty much everything. <laughs> you think yeah. of transportation, food, right? Cost of living, yeah. um, cost of living, transportation, food. The ma the magical atmosphere. Um, magic. There's no other way to describe it. It's magic. Yeah. I want to say two two things. One is, uh, if you're not a gardener, you're going to become one here, whether you like it or not, or maybe you'll hire one, but. I am floored that I can buy a rose bush here for a dollar and fifty cents. Wow! Wow! Whole rose bush. Yeah. Um, for a dollar and fifty cents, and so now I, you know, in my Airbnbs, I love. I've always in the U.S. and Sicily, I've always had fresh clipped roses and put in the bedrooms, mm -hmm. and so this is amazing. I, I I love it. So the the gardening. The bougainvilleas, the 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 beauty. A lot of the beauty has to do with the, the greenery around here. Yeah, um, it's so affordable. It's so beautiful. Something so simple and natural, and right here, um, you know, and accessible, makes a world of difference of how you see the world here. And number two, so yeah, um, that's part of its beauty. And if you come uh, and you decide to live here, there's so many. Viveros is what they're called, which are nurseries mm -hmm. um, that are very reasonably priced and they're very helpful. The most important thing I would say, 
regarding considering coming here would be come here first, you know, come here first, get yourself, you know, a ticket back and forth, try to make it for at least a two week stay. Um, try to find someone, maybe, you know, a realtor, try to find the realtor to connect you with some people that have the same interests that you do. If you're a hiker, if you're a, a naturist and you take pictures of, of birds, try to connect with those people because that's what you're gonna wanna be doing. Um, you know, try, try it first. Just come chill here in an Airbnb for two weeks and, and immerse yourself in it. Learn a few words before you get here. Don't make assumptions about you know, how long you should be able to stay, how long you can stay. Two weeks is reasonable. You can, you can go up to the boss of the guy and say, look, I'm just going for a vacation and they will. Um, but yeah, I think that that's the best way to approach deciding if San Miguel is a place that you, you want to be, you know? It's great advice. And I agree. It's, um, well, Renata, Valentina Montemayor. I love thank it. Thank you so much for being on this podcast and sharing your story and all of the, the, the wonderful tips, um, your journey. And and your your friends behind you, your dogs and your beautiful. Yeah, journey. I really appreciate it. Thank thank thanks again for doing well, this. Thanks for having me. Thanks for trusting me with uh, the information I have to relay. And um, I really do hope people come and, and enjoy and, and see. I hope you make it out here, and then uh, we could reconnect. You can tell me if you feel that it is magical or not. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to take you up on that one day. Sounds good. Okay. Well, you have a wonderful rest of the evening and, and thanks again. Thanks. You okay. too. Mucho good gusto. Night. Ciao. Igualmente.